On this episode of Documental, I'm speaking with Red Horse, the gentleman mystic. Thank you, sir, for coming on. Uh, hey, thank you for the invitation, my friend. To start our discussion, the gentleman mystic, can you explain to us the meaning behind this? Well, this was a, an ongoing process that has been pretty much lifelong. Um, I have uh, always been aware of my mortality, always been aware that there is more to this life than what the eye can see. You know, like a lot of folks, most folks that uh, get on a spiritual path, I've done religion, uh, I've done meditation, I've done you know, self-exploration. And I won't say that those things didn't work, that they were a, uh, a construct upon which I built who I am today. Um, a lot of times people are looking for certainty. And that's why they go, that's why they gravitate toward religion because I have never encountered religion. Well, Buddhism is a little less so, but most religions, especially monotheistic religions, they, they, they're part and parcel. You know, they're what they sell is certainty. What happens in this life, what happens in the next life. You know, if you, if you follow the, the prescribed plan, you're good. You know, you're golden. Uh, That never worked for me. In my journey, I have been involved in evangelical Christianity from my youth, uh, metaphysical, uh, esoteric Christianity much later in life. Uh, I am a uh, Zen Buddhist, Soto Zen uh, instructor. We don't really call them disciples or anything. Well, actually, disciple is the term rather than reverend. And with all of those things, martial arts, it just didn't get me where I wanted to go. And I found myself more and more attracted to the world around me. Uh, Specifically, these certainties that people have, that one of the certainties that they will put forth is that this life is either not real or it doesn't matter. Everything we do in this life should be geared towards what comes in the life after. Butterflies tell me different. Rocks tell me different. The smile on a friend's face when, when I tell a joke, the tear in, in a friend's eye when they lose someone that's important to them. Those things have always spoken to me in a way that I cannot verbalize. So cutting, making an extremely long story as short as I can, my friend, the path that has spoken to me the most has been paths that are nature-based, the Celtic path, the, the, the path of the heathen, if you will. Uh, and also Native American type teachings. Uh, for the longest time, it was th- uh, thought that I had a, a lot of Native blood, and it turns out I have a very small amount of Native <laughs> blood. So I never, I never uh, hung my my spirituality, if you will, on how much blood I have. Uh, I have been attracted to the more uh, mixed traditions that don't they they they, they cross tribal. Uh, boundaries. And one of my, uh, you know, he's my grandpa, uh, White Wolf, who uh, adopted me uh, into uh, the Northern Cheyenne. You you don't get adopted into the tribe, you get adopted into a family. Hmm. And so many, many years ago, uh, White Wolf uh, adopted me, and uh, I became his apprentice. And um, I don't pretend to be an Indian. I don't play it Indian. Uh, that's not what we do. We are, we operate from the position that the sun is not just for one group of people. The water is not for one group of people. 
the air is not for one. We, we are all inhabitants on this mother earth. And again, I promise I'm, gonna, I'm getting to a point here. <laughs> to try to take 58 years worth of, of experience and distill it down into three minutes. Right. Um, the, after many years of traveling with grandpa and working with him and being his apprentice, I realized that, that I was basically becoming a copy of him. I was not being me. And one of his teachers uh, was a, uh, a wise, wise gentleman named Blue Hair. And he always described Blue Hair as this very regal, stately man, very intellectual, uh, whereas a lot of the, the teachers in the past would be very blunt and very forceful, almost to the point of, uh, if you were of tender sensibilities, being uh, violent, you know, energetically. Blue Hair was totally the opposite. And I began to think, you know, I've always loved the heroic. I've always loved the, the, the elegant in things. And I began to think, you know, that's, that's who I want to be. So in more and more as I was trying to move out of my grandpa's shadow, I, I began to create who I wanted to be. I didn't want to discover myself. That's one of my pet peeves. You know, people always talk about, I'm trying to find myself. I'm trying to discover myself. What happens if you don't like what you find? What happens if what you discover sickens you? So rather than be in that position, create who it is you want to be. The gentleman mystic as you see him and talk to him now is uh, still an ongoing process. Um, but it, it began to manifest recognizably probably about five or six years ago. That was very interesting. Wow. I mean, I feel like we could talk for hours about this because there's so many different branches of discussion here. You have on your pinned tweet the following lines. I advocate without apology for the embrace of beauty and elegance, good manners, and the conscious pursuit of desires as a means to experience self-awareness, spiritual awakening, and ultimately transcendence. Walk us through that. As I alluded to in my uh, earlier explanation, the downplay of importance of the physical world. You know, in, in Buddhism, it is uh, you know, the, 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 this world is not real. It is an illusion. In uh, monotheistic religions, um, this, light, this world is not important. You want to get to your reward in the great by and by. I, as I said, it, that just never resonated with me. It never was real. And it was you know, getting on this more earth-based path that all of the holes, all of the gaps, all of the inconsistencies were either resolved or I was able to find a, a calm acceptance of the paradoxes. On Twitter, you know, a, a lot of the guys that are you know, uh, in my scene, that are in, in my feed, they're constantly talking about suffering and you, you have to uh, sacrifice and the typical no pain, no gain. Now, I don't for one minute say that we should not strive, that we should not do everything in our power to better ourselves. But this masochistic embrace of pain because it's manly, you know, it's, it shows that you care. No. Then the, um, you know, the, the, you get wrapped up in your possessions and uh, you get, uh, you're, you're, all you're doing is focusing on the, uh, the things of life. 
yeah, I am focusing on the things of life. It is my position and my experience in all of my years that the, per, the entire purpose of us being here is to experience life. You know, the meaning of life, that's something else entirely. Uh, I've said this many times before. Uh, I, I get the question. It's, it's a, a run-on question. What is the purpose of life? What is the meaning of my life? That's actually two questions. The answer to the first question is, is the same for every person that has ever lived. The answer to the second question is unique to every person that ever lived. So take the question, cut it in half. What is the purpose of life? As I just said, the purpose of life is to live. That's why we're born into this life. We can't experience what it is to have a wonderful walk in the sunshine without a body. We can't, you know, we can conceptualize it as mental energy before we, we come into, into this world. Um, but we can't taste a wonderful meal. We can't feel what it is to stump our toe and, and no pain. But so the whole purpose is to experience life. Now, the second question is, what is the meaning of my life? What is the meaning of life? The meaning of life, very simply, is the meaning that we choose to give it. Some people choose to struggle. Some people choose to suffer. I choose beauty. I choose elegance. I choose satisfaction and joy. And part of that is the appreciation for the work of my fellow humans. I love, I, I don't buy expensive clothes. I buy well-made clothes. Interestingly enough, most well-made clothes are kind of expensive. So it's not about money. It's not about showing off. Uh, I have many, many times in my life worn a Walmart dress shirt and a uh, secondhand Bill Blass tie to my whole message. If you distill it down very simply is to create, express and enjoy beauty. However that looks so long as I don't violate someone else's right to life, liberty or property. And, and I get that in return. I'm golden. It's my sense that a lot of awareness is required for the self and your surroundings to think like this. For the listeners, how do we cultivate it? Self-honesty. It is one of the words that very seldom ever makes it into my teachings and the, the, the teachers that came before me is the word only. Again, those that, that their business is certainty, they use only all the time. We don't. I don't. So on the rare occasions when I use the word only, you need to pay attention. And this is one of those. You have to think about the, what is the only thing that we can give to creation, to mother life, to God, to goddesses, to whatever this originating, originating energy is, however one wants to describe it. What is the only thing that we can give to creation that creation does not already possess? Our self-honesty. If we cannot be self-honest, we are lying to ourselves. And I've, I've been a really good liar in my life. It took a lot of pain, a lot of scars, a lot of hurt, uh, self-inflicted, inflicted on other people in my life. And when I began to walk a path of self-honesty, then the colors became more vivid. 
the smells became more delightful. Yeah, the discomforts probably got a little sharper too, but through that self-honesty, through that self-awareness, I was able to have fewer and fewer of those unpleasant moments. The difficulty in cultivating self-awareness, at least to me, is being honest with yourself, as you said, and just accepting that truth is that most people just can't handle the truth. They can, they just won't. You know, and most people make a big confusion between what is true and what is real. A rock is real. If I pick up the rock and it's, it, okay, this rock weighs a kilo. It weighs 2.2 pounds. I hand you the rock. It weighs the same to you that it does to me. That's real. But if that rock happens to have on it a, uh, a, a growth that you are allergic to, and I'm not, you know, has like a little moss or something. I could say this, this rock didn't cause me any discomfort at all. And you could say, Oh damn, now my hands are going to itch for two days. Both situations are real. Your truth is that the rock is, has caused you discomfort. My truth is that the rock is wonderful, has done nothing. And the, the problem comes when we want our truth to be real for everybody in every, every situation. That doesn't work. That's part of the problems that we've had so many wars, that we've had so many disagreements, that we've had so much pain. The willingness to accept that truth is not the same. My truth is not the same as your truth. I bear no ill will to any people that want to be religious. I bear no ill will to people that don't want to be religious. That is their truth. And again, going back to what I said earlier, as long as it doesn't uh, impact my right to life, liberty, or property, have at it. Have at it. But be smart. You know, we, we live on a planet of plenty, but even if we're not careful, we can cause temporary problems. So back to self-honesty, self-awareness. Yes, you can have good things. You can have lots of good things. You know, I'm not one of these that, that harps on greed and, you know, I, I don't really talk about, uh, politics or religion publicly at all. It's, it's, a, it's a truth that I'm not going to be able to convince anyone else of. That's what I have to say about that. So, Red Horse, uh, to close our interview, can you give the listeners an idea of where they can find you online and perhaps Certainly. any projects you're involved on? Kind of a casual project, if you want to call it that, has been the ongoing uh, hashtag gray wave. And that's uh, myself, uh, Chief Chuck Whitworth, the Stoic, uh, Max Panzer, you know, we've got the JV guys, uh, Bobby Dino and uh, Noble Brown, and I'm, I hope I'm not, oh, Dennis Hines. You know, again, this is a casual thing. It's just a bunch of guys that have got some of those scars that I talked about, and we, uh, <laughs> we, we like to share, our, uh, share those scars with the younger bucks out there and the, some not-so-young bucks so that they won't make the same mistakes that we did. So there's that, you know, maybe I'd, I've talked you know, offline with, uh, with Chief Chuck about maybe trying to do something more formal with this in, in, in the months and years to come. We'll see. My website is the gentlemanmystic.com or the gentlemanmystic.com or the gentlemanmystic.com. Either one will get, get you to me. 
Twitter handle, uh, Billy Red Horse. Uh, I do Instagram, but not so much these days. Uh, Gentleman Mystic. And I do have a, uh, through the website, you can sign up to an email list. And uh, that's pretty much, uh, any one of those uh, funnels will get you to me one way or the other. Thank you so much for the interview. It was fantastic.